Sure, my move. Thanks uh, for coming on my podcast, brother, today. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, today I have uh, an award winning photographer, shot by Moo, on my podcast. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. Mujevale, Mujevale, Mujevale. My name is Bane Kibuka, and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Ball Talk Show. I'm trying to remember who recommended you to be the guest on the podcast. It should have been, oh, was it Bosfer? You know, you know Bosfer? Uh, yeah, Frank, yeah, yeah. Frank, yeah, Frank B. It either has to be Frank B, MD Pack, or William, or Will, yeah, William, I just recently finished a podcast recording with William. Um, and then I finished a recording with Buscago. So I'm, I'm making my rounds around all of you photographers. So you are somebody, one of those people might have recommended you to be the guest on my podcast. So I'm so excited to have you here today. And I can't wait for my listeners to hear from your wisdom. How are you doing today? Uh, not, not too bad, not too bad. So I introduced you as an award-winning photographer and uh, well what are some of the words you remember that you've uh, been a part of in one um i think my most memorable is uh, probably the um, the uganda press photo um awards that i won in 20 2019 the ones for imported pollution and the one for uh, a tale of two cities where I shot um, one half of Governor Guru, um, very um, badly off, and the other side looking extremely developed, and the two yeah. divided by, by a road. So that I is crazy. And, I, and I'm going to ask you about something like that later on that I, I saw in your work. But one thing I got to say why is it that all photographers are so humble like why are you guys so humble like i don't know when when i host people on the podcast like they're always so humble and you might think that they're humblest people like i mean not humble like you're humble like in behavior wise but like even when you're talking just quiet silent even william was like that yeah well we're humble yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Nyaika. So, like, Nyaika, you can see him on social media and, like, he's, like, crazy and all that. But when I recorded an episode with him, he was, like, humble. Like, you've never seen Nyaika so quiet like that. Like, he was just chill. And I'm like, these guys, there's something that happens to photographers and they just uh, go quiet. <laughs> when, they, when they have to get in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah. Really... <laughs> um, yeah. So, usually when I have... Uh, photographers on the podcast i like to hear a little bit about their journey how they got into photography and what was your first time for you when you had a camera in your hands that you said taking pictures and walk us through your journey to where you got um wow um so i used to i used to be a graphic designer um yeah doing the night five for um yeah for about three years well well there um, it's when I picked up the interest in photography, when I would see um, the production people coming in to do like TV commercials, and I really kind of admired these guys, the, um, the people doing commercials, the people doing like product photography. You know, it just seemed like they were living a free life, and not probably and not doing a nine to five. 
probably getting a chance to work on so many exciting projects, you know, day in, day out compared to the routine of, of, a, of a nine to five. So I, I just picked that interest. Um, I just um, said um, watching like a lot of YouTube videos or, or travel photographers and um, yeah, I just kind of picked up that, that interest slowly by slowly and I remember that was in that was towards the end of 2016 and yeah, I decided to just um, save up save up some money and, and buy and buy a camera. First camera I bought was actually was actually a drone. So the reason I decided to buy a drone at that time is because um, yeah, in 2016-2017 drones were like a really a new thing at the time. I'm going to make money off this. Um, I can't just buy a camera just like everyone else and, you know, and then just start taking pictures. I have to, I have to do something that's, that's a bit unique and that will, will get my name out there. And yeah, it will also be a good opportunity to get like interesting things because I was personally, I was curious about aerial photography, like at the time, mm -hmm. I think most people were just using them for like, um, for, for, for music videos and I thought they could really offer that perspective. So. Yeah, that's that's how I got into um, aerial photography. That's what makes sense because when I had uh, Buscago here, he was talking, and I, I shared with you that clip from my interview with Buscago. Uh, he's yeah. he's a funny guy, but he was talking about how he's doing like a drone pilots too, and he was talking about his journey into a drone. And I've seen a few pictures here. We're going to talk about about you using the drone, but it's pretty cool to see that that people you move to another level like you just say they were just using them for just music videos had you seen somebody's work on a drone before that inspired you to buy a drone first what made you want to go with a drone first um i i think i was inspired by by, by what i'd seen on youtube a particular video stands out i think there was a guy with a drone and he flew over the great wall of china i was like this just looks so looks so crazy and yeah and and yeah it just made sense so i think i was inspired by what i'd seen when, like online, like all the crazy videos that's in online. Yeah. So a lot of people do portraits, they do people. What made you choose to do documentary photography, like just nature and for documentary? Um, <laughs> that's a decision I made, I made over time. Um, yeah, so after having a drone for a while, um, like from the, from the business point of sense, like a drone was really cool, but I realized that if I, because I also formed a, I formed my company in 2017 as well. Um, so okay. while a drone makes like a lot of sense like as a good offering, it can't be like a standalone thing where it can be like a primary source of income. So I remember I had to get a camera and yeah, when I got a camera, I started, um, I felt a few like baptisms, uh, baby showers, you know, mm -hmm. and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a very good, it wasn't a very good experience for me. <laughs> so I remember, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just felt like, I think for me, there are some people who really enjoy it, you know, interacting like with people, telling people pose like this, do like this, and that's their thing. I love it for them, but for me, I, I think I think it, it it really wasn't, really wasn't my thing. Um, you know, bring out those magical moments in people. So, I, from I remember, like from then, I think I made the decision that I'm not going to be like a people photographer. I'll I'll, I'll do. If I have to be a people photographer, I'll, I'll I'll take it from a point of observation, but not but not interaction. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's why I enjoy like maybe documentary photography. It's cool that you say that because uh, I've seen on your Instagram too. Yeah, you have people. 
as an observation, yeah. not like people was because there's a lady winnowing, I think she was winnowing, like yeah. so stuff in the air, like stuff like that. I've seen that, yeah. and th those are two pretty cool pictures. Like, you don't have to tell them, hey, pause like this, you kind of just take an action, like what's happening, and that's I guess that's a lot yeah. different from that. So you, I, I was I was doing some research about you and finding out about you, and I found this cool thing that you contribute, a contributing photographer to Getty Images and uh, Shutter Stock. And I've seen those on Google all the time. I was like, oh my God, we have our very own. Talk to us about like landing that opportunity to be a contributor on that. That's, that's, that's a big deal for me. Like, I don't know what the listeners think about it, but oh, to you, but like for me to see that, I'm proud. I feel proud. Like, hey, we have our very own representing this. How did you land that opportunity? Um, there's no, there's no magical story <laughs> behind behind getting it here. I I just took pictures for a while, and um, I think I I kept on applying. I think every year, mm -hmm. and then eventually, I think I had like enough pictures that met that met their criteria or their standards, and yeah. I was accepted, um, yeah, in, in, into their into their contributor contributor program. Um, yeah, so I just applied and I was accepted into into their program. Yeah. And actually, if if your pictures are at a certain level, you you actually they give you like grades, and then you can even sh shoot um, custom custom briefs um, for mm -hmm. them. In addition to having your your stock your your photos, they're available for for sale. Like I, I was, what I was gonna say, like I wouldn't say like it wasn't a cool story. Like you say, there wasn't really a cool story about it. But that itself is a cool story because it takes not everybody is doing it. Like if it's not a cool story, why isn't everybody doing it? You know, like for me, that shows that it has. You have to have quality work. You have to apply. Like that's right there. Like if everybody is standing behind a camera, like I've taken pictures. Like why am I like not having them? That you know, it takes talent and special and for me that's a cool story right there that your work actually it might not even be your effort but you know like what you have to do but like the picture you took and like speaks for itself and it's out there uh you've worked with some big agencies around the world like uh jay walter thompson and uh, tbwa like all these vodafone those two that you say like i was gonna ask you about that but you're gonna hit me with there was no cool story about that is there any <laughs> no no yeah. okay yeah those are definitely uh, uh maybe a bit cooler yeah yeah so i worked with um with jay walter thompson and, uh, and tbw um well well i was still um a graphic designer slash slash a director mm -hmm. um yeah so at Thompson, I had the opportunity to work on like on so many brands um in the agency i remember they had uh the sardoline there was uganda party the standard chartered so uh you would just be working like doing um working on like campaigns for these guys um if like a new advertising brief comes in, you know, you have to work with like copywriters and mm -hmm. you know, you put your heads together for not come up with like good visuals um for these guys. So it it was it was quite quite interesting. Uh, my experience working in advertising. It really pushes your pushes your creativity. You know, you have to think you have to think a lot, you know. How how can you come up with something interesting, something original, something fresh? Yeah. You know, because it's a very competitive um industry because you're you're you know 
you're competing for people's attention. So you really have to think, you know, have to think outside the box. So one of the questions that I've wanted to ask you guys, the photographers in this generation, on what would you compare or what's what stands out to you from the old photography we knew to this today's because it's it's definitely there's a huge difference like you can see but what would you compare in differences and similarities from the old photography because and i told this to william that back in the day you'd be at home and then your parents say hey come in a manager they're gonna take a picture come in a man and your mother used to have what kind of cameras i don't even remember like the film cameras but i don't know if there was a canon or something i don't know then put you there he doesn't even know where the sun is coming from but he has a camera and he's the only one in the community and then pa 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 he goes month later hey if i know you maybe you know you call me all like but that kind of stuff that we used to do at that time but now we're into this generation where i mean you take a picture and it looks way different what are some of the things that sticks out to you in similarities and differences from the old style of photography um i think if i look at today versus versus back then um i, I would say a lot has changed in terms of technology um and also in terms of like you know creative like uh, creative concepts people now have you know so many lights that they can pull off all sorts of creative things, even in terms of like, um, you know, family portraits, uh, you know, uh, nowadays people do them like in studios, with like all these interesting lighting concepts. I would, I would say in terms of technology, um, a lot of things have improved that have a lot put like to create more interesting um, images. Is there something yeah. you miss from the old photograph style of photography? Is there something you wish we still had today or no? No, I, th I think I, th I think um, I'm an agent of change. I, I, I embrace yeah. change as it comes. So, was there anything cool about the films back in back then that you'd want to see now? Or no, the technology today is way better than the films. Um, I, I like I, I I think back then, like when people were shooting film, it like it, it probably um it probably made like like um each each, each photo more intentional. Mm -hmm. because there was only like a limited amount of film yeah. so i think you really had to like think very hard before taking that photo so i think yeah many of the very famous photos we have today were were probably you know the, the guy really waited eh, for the for the yeah. magic moment there's like and just snap 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 mm -hmm. like a thousand photos and then you know just come and, and pick later on so um I, I think maybe back in the depot were, were more intentional about the pictures they took uh so it was quality you know quality over quantity mm -hmm. i don't know if you've caught up on uh william's episode that i recorded but he shares his story at the very beginning about he had a film camera with the first gig he got was a birthday party and then he went he went he shot 200 pictures in a film but only five were good pictures and he, he he shared the story he's like he goes into the place to develop them and the guys were laughing and he's like what are these guys laughing at and they handed him the pictures and only out of 200 he had five good pictures all the others wow. but that's a funny I, I like that because it's uh it's it's cool to hear about him say that and people don't know somebody's journey like that and you hear the backstory you laugh about it but then to see where he's at now and like even like what you do. Do you have any funny moment like that about your journey in photography? Anything that has happened to you 
the in photography that you can share? Um, hmm, funny. <laughs> that's 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 uh. Well, like if you if you take pictures, like he was saying, uh, he took pictures of people and they saw he, he was in their faces and they expected their pictures back. But he only had yeah. five to show, like something like that. You could be taking pictures, but you forgot to like a video, but you forgot to hit record. You know, like things like that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I wouldn't say I've had very many humorous, <laughs> humorous <laughs> moments. In my, yeah, in my journey. Yeah, funny. No, but I've had I've had, I've had some chaotic things happen. I remember the time um, we went on a trip with some guys called Koi Koi. Was like a group a group of photographers so went to the went to the rhino rhino sanctuary i remember i woke up early in the morning um just to get like um photos of the place and then i remember we i, I flew a drone very early in the morning and all of a sudden there was like so much panic the owners of the place came and you know saying bring it down bring it down and they thought that we were we were poachers so like <laughs> Yeah, there was a whole lot of panic and what, like, what, what are you guys trying to do? Are you, like, trying to spy on these rhinos? Are you working with poachers, you know? Because we try and get pictures, like, of the, of the sunrise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was it was so chaotic. Back in November, like, they searched all our equipment and whatnot. And everyone was, was, was calling me and Isaiah, that's the other guy I was with, but calling us poachers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that was really um, kind of funny things i can i can think about i like that because uh when Kago yeah. was on here too he shared his funny moment about the drone like anytime he goes in the villages people want to hit it with they pick up stones to hit it because they don't know what it is you know like moments like that people who and i watched a movie um i don't remember the title and i told him that but it, this guy they had drones in this area but people had never seen them and they saw there were aliens coming to attack them and they just wanted to shoot them <laughs> It's, it's really crazy with these drones, you know. How did you meet Buscago? And because he on his episode, he shared about you and how you inspire him with the work you do, and both of you kind of look at it, each other and inspire each other. How did you first meet Buscago? Um, well, I think I met him very many years ago. Um, uh, he's a he's a cousin okay. to a very close friend of mine, and that's how I met that, that's how I met him. Mm. Um, yeah, like in uni, <laughs> so many, so many years ago, even before we were both, both photographers. So yeah. we just been friends uh, for a while. I think since like maybe 2012. Uh, uh, yeah, he was actually in the same university as me. Mm. And he, uh, one, I, I had a question on, on him because I thought he was the one bungee jumping. And then he was like, no, that wasn't me. That was shot by Mo. Uh, Tell me that experience of you bungee jumping because I'll never do that. Like I'll never, but and I told him I'll never bungee jump. Even if you, I don't know how much money you can pay me to do that, or even jump out of. I can jump out of a plane, but I cannot bungee jump. Um, it, 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 it was it was really scary. That's the truth. It was it was really 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 scary. And uh, I remember um, I jumped I jumped uh, backwards. I, I wasn't facing I wasn't facing the water. And remember that guy was doing a countdown where he said like on the count of three he would he would let me go. And remember I did three, two, and then on two, like he let me oh. <laughs> go backwards. And then yo, I remember when I opened my eyes, like I think my body was expecting to just die. Like I thought I was just going to hit something <laughs> and just die and then just splatter all over. Today's episode is sponsored by Dance of Gamers. 
Dansoft Gamers is the leading distributor of video games and other consumer gadgets like the podcast microphone sets, ring lights, headphones, and affordable smartwatches, and many other cool gadgets. For these and more, visit their website at www.dansoftgamers.co. That is www.dansoftgamers.co. When I think like it just went down the rope, reached the end, and then it pulled me up. I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? I had my body just confused. And you go back down, it was just, I think my brain was, was so confused. My heart was racing. Like, Would you do it again? I think I'll do it again. It was just a bit of an adrenaline rush. Like it gave me, you know, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't even know, but it was How many scary. times did you do it that day? Did you just go on it once? I did once. Yeah, once was enough. Yeah. <laughs> once was enough for me, for me that day. Uh, Remember they gave us the offer of going back again and again. I think if you did it a third time, it's free. Yeah, but um, who knows? Another time maybe. <laughs> would you Would you try skydiving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I would, I think I would not try that. Yeah. I feel like if you can bungee jump, you can skydive. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy, crazy things you can you can really do. The, yeah, that's that stuck out to me when you're talking about it. Um, you've done a lot of mem- a lot of projects. What is one of your memorable projects that you like? This project was dope. I enjoyed doing this. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an interesting question. I think one of the most memorable projects I've done was. Um, the time I had to climb Mount Mount Elgin. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a guy who approached me. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted a music a music video on top of a mountain. I thought, wow, this guy is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he must be kidding. <laughs> and I thought maybe let me tell him I'm busy and yeah, so he asked, When are you free? Then I told him I'll be free in three months. And the three months passed and he came back and he's mm-hmm. like, Yo, are you free? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You thought I would give up. Yeah, but uh, he was actually serious, and we ended up climbing um, the mountain for four days. Yeah, it was actually wow. four days because on Friday, and then we came back down on mm. Sunday. Yes, I think that was actually yeah three days. It was a it was a really intense project. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I just saw things I had never seen. Um, you know, um, it was intense on the mind, intense on the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was so beautiful that, that the stuff I captured was was really mind blowing, and uh, it stayed with me. And yeah, the client uh, became a friend, yeah. and yeah, really had some time bonding there on the <laughs> on the mountain. So yeah, I always look back at the pictures and I was like, wow, this was really crazy. You know, like you're so far up there, and then you look back and you're like, wow, I've really moved all this distance. Like, how am I even going to get back? And you know, it's extremely cold. The conditions are crazy. Yeah. It's also extremely beautiful. So it was just something that was really memorable. I think yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good memorable thing. Like I'm sure you'll never forget that for the rest of your life. Like it's a, it's a story to tell. What is your favorite picture, all time favorite picture you've taken? I know you love all your pictures, but like what is one you'll pick out? Like this is my favorite. That's, 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 that's tricky. That's tricky. I like all my pictures. <laughs> that's tricky every, every picture to me has has a has a story uh, has an interesting story okay i'll i'll just pick out mine that i i picked yeah. for my favorite and then you can just talk about them one of it was the one in abu dhabi the sheikh shadan grand mosque that picture uh it was dope in in different ways and when i went on to read the caption that you had on there 
about yeah. how you went with a different lens because of something you expected and then um you ended up not using yeah. the lens and you you kind of was a, a life lesson that you shared down there like for other photographers to see but looking at that work of that was like dope and like this picture is is cool i like that and then the other one was you took it was more like a video uh yeah. you just discovered life on mars was in bali i looked at that picture oh look at that i'm like this is not in bali you're kidding me like this is not you're kidding me and like those uh, that to me that was um that was mount elgon actually <laughs> i just okay. that color grade editor just uh, made it like a bit different just look a yeah. bit different yeah so what is the talk, talk about the time shooting in uh, abu dhabi on the grand mosque like your experience and what inspired you to go for that um yeah so i think i just gone like on a, on a personal personal vacation for myself and that was like one of the tourist um spots and um i'd, I'd seen a bunch of pictures and it just looked you know extremely um, stunning um, so many um interesting opportunities for for wide angle lens because um you know with a wide angle you can capture like so much mm-hmm. so i thought out i don't know why in my mind i thought i'd have the place to myself <laughs> to capture these gym images in my mind but when i went there there were so many people there were crowds and crowds and crowds of people that the images that planned to get like in my mind were like almost impossible to get mm-hmm. and so i'd now think oh, how how can i um still make the most of this place and so um i had to now use like another lens and you know and actually get the details of mm-hmm. the of the mosque because yeah it, it's big like it's grand like in, um how big it is but also what makes it more interesting is the the tiny details and the the tiles from like different uh, places the the gold finish and so that experience um taught me to appreciate you know the the details mm-hmm. finer details and um yeah, and not get get so stuck on a plan that you like that, that you can't adapt. I was asking you that question uh, about your favorite picture, but even for me, I failed to find just one picture. So I have multiple pictures that I really liked, and that makes it hard to even choose one. The other one was I don't remember the place, but you took the picture of the road. Um, it was like a road cover road somewhere out. Where was that? At? Um, that's actually in 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 Bolisa Bolisa district. Yeah, it's it's um it's uh, around the place where where they're exploring well in Uganda. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and actually that that road is very interesting because at that at that carving point, um, Idi Amin used to have um like a like a I think a state lodge around yeah. there where you could view like all the escarpments yeah. from from that you know from that point you can actually see um like like Albert. Yeah, so it's it's it, it's a very interesting point at where I took the picture. Um, yeah, and it's also like a a much bigger road than than many of the of the other roads around Uganda. So that that's what made that's what made it a very striking image uh, for me at the time when I took it. Yeah, it really came out pretty good. And um, the other picture was a picture of Kampala, and the caption was like. No caption, just vibes. It was just, I think it wasn't a picture necessarily. It was like a video, but you could see like lights and cars and like it was just moving around. It was like a reels, maybe something like that. But it was, was it Kampala? Yeah, I think it was Kampala. Yeah, Is yeah. That, yeah. Um, that was that was dope. And it's crazy when you when we see you guys' pictures now. Like when you see you go to your page, 
you can look at the picture I'm like this is not Uganda but like we forget that because of the narrative that has been built on our country you know like it's nothing good but when you want to see a beautiful Uganda you go to short by Mo's page and this is to all my listeners too actually in America like uh, listening to the podcast today it's the narrative the media co- talks about in in the news will be different from what you see from this guy's uh, Instagram page or Buscago or anybody that does this kind of work. They try to portray you what Uganda is and what they won't tell you about it. And and then you also had another picture of a ghost town. I think, did you take that in COVID when Kampala was really empty? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I managed to, to get get um, quite a bit of footage, <laughs> some memorable images for me personally. That's that's crazy because even I I went to the comments and I saw some guy asking you if that picture was invited or something, and then you told him hey. And I went to look at the first picture and you could see NSSF is like straight, like it's not invited. But like the way you did it or edited it and it looked, you're so talented, man. But one of the questions I'm gonna ask you, um, what is your caption game? Where do you get your captions for your pictures and your reels? I like to ask that from photographers because. When I had Nyaika, he was talking about MD Park. Like MD Park will have a thousand pictures that he has not posted because he doesn't have captions for them. What is your uh, caption game like you use for your pictures? Um, I, I, have, I have a lot of tricks <laughs> that I use for captions, um, but I think for majority of, of my of my captions, I always try and um, and give like a background background story the image so i'll do like um i'll take a picture because a, a picture a picture is nice but a picture with a story with like a whole compelling story behind it is like a thousand times better so most times um, if i take like a picture of um of like a river or like yeah i was gonna say river nile like river nile yeah. and then you explain what nile yeah. means and what the river nile means and actually that picture was dope i have it down here like a, the picture of river niles and the the water that was pretty cool but yeah, that's cool that you do that. You put a different, like, a story behind it. Why this place is this thing like that? Yeah. So I always try and do like a bit of research and get um, maybe some some trivia mm-hmm. about about that place. But most times, okay, it's not every day that you can do that. Sometimes you take a, a normal picture and then you have need like like an interesting fact about it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like song lyrics. <laughs> yeah, like there's one you have into the thick of it. So like I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> song lyrics. Not every day can you have an informative caption. So yeah, but I won't let that get in the way of, 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 of me posting a picture. Sometimes I just use song lyrics. Um, I'm I don't I'm not gonna take a lot of your time because I I try to keep these uh, episodes like short so people can follow, people can not lose track. Because Instagram people are really crazy. They can just, no, not Instagram people, YouTube people. Like I post a video on YouTube. That's why I do videos and mostly audio. I'm a big audio podcast, but I did it for the people who love to watch. I would have done my podcast for audio. But the people on YouTube, you would see the analysis, like where they show you and people watch till 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and the, the graph starts dropping. Because like if you keep it long, and that's why I was right about dropping a Williams episode with over an hour, because some people will not watch the whole hour, but like if they can listen to an hour, and that's why the audio part of the podcast is doing very good. And 
the YouTube. I still do the YouTube because I want people who like that. And for me, it's easier for me to see you have a conversation. Um, yeah. I, I try to keep that. But one question I want to ask you before I let you know, I have a few, but I want to ask you, what's a life lesson you've learned to this point? What's a life lesson I've learned to this, to this point? Um, in my career? Yeah, or even in life. It could be in life, in, in life, life or uh, in career. Hmm, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Some like uh, so, sometimes in life, um, mm -hmm. crazy like bad, bad, bad things will happen, mm -hmm. and it's inevitable. It's inevitable that bad, bad things will happen. But you can't waste so much time worrying about it. But you can do, you can do what, what, what is in your, what is in your control. Um, yeah. So I think maybe what, what, what is a lesson here? Mm -hmm. I think the lesson here is don't waste time worrying about about things you can't control. That's where you should um, put put your energy in. And that's a, that, that's big. Like I know you were talking about it, just like thinking about it. But that's big because sometimes we waste a lot of time worrying about things we can't change. You know, like if it's something yeah. you can't change, why are you worrying about it? It it has happened. And I have a, yeah. a say in my life. It has it has like it's happened. Yeah. Am I getting out of it? Like that's the that's the next thing. How am I getting out of it? Yeah, that, that that's exactly where you should put your energy. So I think that lesson is powerful for me because um, there are times in my photography journey where I've, I've lost I've lost all my equipment before, <laughs> and yeah, that's like, bruh, like what's what's the next step? Like, right. is this the end? Like, you know, mm -hmm. are you like um, going to like you know quit photography and then yeah, you know, but it's just like. No, you know, I, I, I can't like I, I, I can't give up. I have, I'm passionate about this, and mm -hmm. you know, even though I've lost all my equipment, I still have my, I still have my skill, I still have my talent. I still know how to take a good image, so I can't let this, you know, get in the way. What can I control? Can I, can I have, a, can I get a camera to use? Can I get like so much edit? Can I, can I do something that's in my control to keep on going as I figure out how to get more equipment? Because my equipment does not, does not determine my, my career. It's what what's in here that that you know holds my career. So I think that's a very it's a big mantra that that I that I live by. That I can only worry about what's in my control. These other things that have happened, I can't waste so much time um, dwelling dwelling on them. Yeah. Whose work inspires you? In like who inspires you? It could be a Ugandan. He could be anybody that inspires. Um, there's a guy. There's there's a guy um, who I follow called Carl Carl Shakur. On Instagram, um, then there's a uh, Mutua Mateka, um, Truth. That's Truth Slinger. On Instagram is a is a Kenyan Kenyan photographer. Kal Shakur is a, is an American photographer. Um, I just I just I like I like the aesthetic and I just like how you can see their personalities in their work and that's how their work also just keeps on keeps on evolving. But you can still see elements of them um, like in their work. That's 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 what I really admire. But my final question on the podcast, I like to ask people, is like my signature question: Who would you like to see on my podcast next as a guest? And you're gonna help me find that person to be on the podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, there's a guy. There's a guy. There's a guy. No. Um, uh, you should interview Aaron Aaron Kajumba. Aaron Kajumba. Okay. He's is he a photographer too? Yeah, he's a photographer. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's a photographer, and uh, he told me quite a lot when I was starting out um, using um, camera. 
and it wasn't it wasn't like technical stuff but it was more about like how to compose and he gave me like a lot of resources and yeah he was a, a really a big help to me like when i was when i was starting out and uh yeah he's just a, he's a very interesting um person he's not only a photographer but he's, he's also a pastor so yeah i think i think um, that would be a very interesting person for you to that would be dope uh once again arnold uh shot by move i want to appreciate you for your time i don't take you for granted when you give me some of your time from whatever you do because i know you'd be doing another project right now but you just decided to give me this time um i can't wait for my listeners to learn something about you that they don't know or like from your work the stories behind that you shared um and yeah i i appreciate that so thank you very much brother all right thank you yeah. All right. See you. Stay connected. Hey there. Uh, this is Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching and listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and recommend somebody to this podcast. Don't forget to leave a feedback on this podcast because that's how we grow. And also don't forget to share, like, subscribe, and comment. Join us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much and be blessed.